and welcome back to another episode of Laurel Traditions, a podcast dedicated to keeping oral traditions alive while creating lore every single time. We're here to create another lovely story for you to listen to. No pen, no paper, no prep, just a couple of my friends and I sitting together telling a collaborative story uh, while we just add little bits and pieces to create one beautiful tale. And if they want to go ahead and introduce themselves, Amelia. Hi, my name's Amelia or Mills, pronouns she, they, and you can find me on the internet at Amelia Psalm. Love it. Howdy. I'm Monty. Um, my pronouns are he, they, and you can find me also on the internet at doubtfire.official on all platforms. Hello, hello. My name is Haley. My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me uh, on TikTok at whipjack. Awesome. And you know me, I'm Saf. I go by she, her pronouns, and you can find me everywhere on uh, or at a clerical era 748. We hope you enjoyed listening to Home is a Feeling. So we start looking at charred earth, pieces of twigs, and what used to be the branches of trees lie on the ground, a shadow, a husk of what they once were. The air is hazy with smoke. It is thick in the lungs of our young protagonist who looks up at the sky and a radiated green and pink swirl, clouds of haze that mix in with the smoke. It is morning, though the sun is obscured by the layers and layers of ozone between what was once a fertile and green land and this guy above. This is not new. It has been like this as far as they can remember. And as they look at the earth, they dream of a world they had only seen in pictures. They get up and begin walking in search of water, food, something they do regularly, going further and further out in circles from the place that they call home. It's not much of a home. A home is more of an emotion than a place, but it is a shelter, and it has become more difficult as the years have gone by, or maybe months, or maybe weeks, to be able to keep themselves alive. Although there are no records that remain of how long it has been, legends speak of a time before the Scorch, before this land was desolate and barren, and our young protagonist, though they often dream of this time, it's hard to say whether they truly believe it to be fact, or merely a fiction passed down by their ancestors. As they wander out each day, they see the small things that the earth still gives despite its ramshackled state, small berries, little signs of life, as things continue on despite desolation, truly showing the hardiness of their people. It is not an easy life to live, and yet we continue to live it. This planet, what lies beyond, is a mystery. What matters to these people is what they can feel and what they know to be true. Today was a day like any other. Our protagonists, who like to call themselves Chip, set off to find the usual amenities 
that they had always searched for. But this time, the tiny lake that they had been used to going to had finally dried up. They knew that this was coming. They hated to think that it was coming, but still it came nevertheless. And Chip decided it was time to search for a new water source. Chip felt like they had seen most of their area. And on bad days, most of the planet. I mean, that couldn't be possible. <laughs> or maybe it could? And that wasn't important. Anyways, um, Chip set off. And the landscape didn't change. And eventually they got so tired of searching, they sat down on a makeshift stool of sorts. Which they jokingly like to call it, since it really was just a couple rocks thrown together. Uh, but nevertheless, they made anything they touched into a little piece of home. After all, home was more of a feeling rather than a place, and well, Chip liked to carry home with themselves. And they did. It had been a while since they had had any contact with anyone, even their ancestors. Well, that's why they like to call themselves Ch Chip. Uh, their parent used to call them Chip off the old block, <laughs> but no one had really called them that in a while. And so, it was on this day where the sky was still green, and the acid torrential downpour could threaten at any moment, but that was a time for future Chip. Uh, for now it was water, and so Chip continued with that thought after their short rest, searching and searching. And they'd realized that it had been a while since they had enjoyed almost anything. And they thought, well, that's surely no way to build a home. And so Chip, Chip thought to themselves, how can I make this feeling of home a little bit happier? As Chip walked along knowing not exactly where they were going besides this faint idea of a destination that they had never seen, they had never heard of. It's hard to have rumors or legends when you cannot remember the last time you spoke to another person. But as they walked along dreaming, thinking to themselves about this idea of home, about love, about enjoyment, about living, instead of just endlessly, tirelessly surviving. They remembered old, old whisperings about house guests, about hosting, about making your space and your home other people's home. And if home is not a place, if home is a feeling, if home is in you and in everything you touch, well then surely anywhere can be home and anybody can be a house guest. Surely the things that fly ahead that you really hope don't get too close could be a house guest. The little things crawling along the paths could be a house guest. If you just invite them in, if you accept that you are in their home, they are in yours, if you dance just a little bit along the path, you're all going to the same place, aren't you? Why isn't that home? And just as Chip was having 
that thought, they heard a crack, as if a branch was being stepped on, something that generally he would just write off as the ambient sounds of the outdoors, though this forest, or what used to be a forest, was sparse compared to what it might have once been. And so Chip turned, knowing that there were many dangerous things that lurked and it was always better to have eyes on something before it had eyes on you. And they saw... well, it wasn't... I wouldn't call it a bunny, um, but I would think that would be the closest thing that you might attribute to this creature. It is something small, with dense, dense fur, uh, generally skittish and scared. And it too froze, looking at Chip, both of them unaware of what to do in this moment, having each been caught by the other. And Chip remembered how desperately they wanted to have a home, and maybe, this creature alone had the same thought, so they gently took one step forward, waited, and then another, and the creature stood there frozen, maybe out of curiosity, maybe fear, maybe Chip was wrong and it hadn't actually noticed them, but slowly they began to approach and crouch down as it wait in the brush. Unbeknownst to Chip, this interaction did not go unobserved. Beyond Chip's own eyesight, far off into the desolate woods, clouded by the haze of the fallout of fire and ash, other eyes were watching, curious at this interaction, perhaps the first of its kind amongst the wilds that lived within the wilds. These folk of somewhat uh, humanoid comprehension as we understand it are capable of understanding and reaching out but had been living in fear as we all do. Upon seeing this interaction a spark was placed deep within the heart of this desolate planet. A spark of hope perhaps. That there might be an extension, a hand reaching out to give comfort, and together to build a home. As this rabbit-like creature and Chip reached out to each other, made contact, and reached a unspoken common understanding that both were desperate and running to find a home, they found solace and continued along their path to search for clear water together for a place that they could find safe enough to call a true home. Both Chip and the Not-Rabbit were both excited to be together in camaraderie. Of course, you can have a house guest and not fully trust them per se in one way or another, and so as Chip led the way on this path, the Not-Rabbit would wait a few paces behind, and then catch up, and then a few paces behind, and then catch up. And over time, what seemed like hours, or maybe even a full day, the two bonded. In an unspoken sort of way. In the kind where 
You see the same person at the same place at the same time, but you never really say anything. At least that's what Chip's ancestors used to say. They didn't really understand what that meant, but they'd figured it must be true. Anyways, as Chip and the Not Rabbit continued, it took a lot longer than they thought. Chip was more energetic now that they had found a lovely house guest. And they thought, I hope we find water soon. Because despite a home not being a place, this house could sure do a lot better with some water. And so, as the day came to a close, since the sun had long since gone out, Chip rounded a corner of a heaping pile of rock and sand to find the tiniest shimmer of water. Of course, to be a good host, the guests are served first. And Chip waited patiently for the not quite a rabbit, but not quite anything else either to hop ahead this time and drink what it could from the small, small amount of water that was in this pile, these rocks sort of covering something, hard to say, really. And by the time Chip approached themselves, well, there was hardly anything there at all. Desperate, sure that this is what that they were looking for, after all, the journey here felt so much better than the journey anywhere else. This had to have been something. Chip began to move rocks aside. Some of them were small enough to be casually tossed. Some had to be really pushed and dragged and took most of their strength, which is honestly a very limited resource in a place like this, until there was something made of these rocks underneath, a small structure, almost like a bucket built into the ground made of these rocks. And they could hear something far, far down below. And it sounded like water. And if they kept digging, they found what was really a bucket. It was really a bucket on a rope that could be lowered down into this sort of rock structure. And it hit water, real water that was fresh and it was clear. And Chip realized, after far too long of this, rocks strewn about, muscles straining, not rabbit nearby, trying its best to not get, you know, hit by the rocks. Chip realized home is a feeling. Home is in you. Home is your house guests. Home can also be the place that feeds you. And Chip thought to themselves, maybe at least for right now, under the irradiated sky on the hard, hard earth, this can be a home too. 
that. That was so much fun. That was amazing. Okay, well, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about uh, the story. We talk about what we liked, what we kind of were inspired by, if anything inspired us, um, and all that good stuff. We should start off with the first person, Amelia. Did you have any, like, sparks of inspiration? Were you just like, yeehaw, this is what it is? (laughs) Oh, I just yeehawed my way through that. Uh, That was literally the first thing that came into my mind was a sort of black ashen earth and neon sky and I oh, yeah. and I I went from that. I I I'm going to be honest, I thought that Chip was going to kill and eat the bunny. I thought you were maybe. I was like Haley would never, but I would if I had the power of ending the story, I would just never switch. Goodbye, um, house guest. That is their friend. That is their guest. Yeah, I <laughs> also like how, beast, no. <laughs> I really, really like how the sort of home being uh, a feeling and not a place was just like a recurring motif through the little story. It was so sweet. <laughs> it was so sweet. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Everybody did such a great job of just adding in their own concepts of like the apocalypse or how you would travel the apocalypse um Mm -hmm. or something typical of that setting and y'all did so good how did everybody feel like waiting anticipating their like next steps oh if i can keep talking just a little bit (laughs) i just wanted to say like um i was just excited because i had to keep myself from like ad-libbing and making comments when other people were talking. It's like, oh my god, it's a well! Yeah, you found a well. You can't see us, but we're all actively, like, cheering and, like, hand motions in the background. I don't remember who named Chip. Saft, did Saft 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 name it? And I was so hyped. I know, it was precious. I love them. (laughs) I can say something else about the story we told. Yeah, go for it. Um, I brought up house guests, desperately hoping somebody would get this, get this friend, somebody to travel with. (laughs) (laughs) And you got a not rabbit. I got a not rabbit. Yeah. Honestly, the best, best possible option, I think. I wasn't sure if somebody was going to either one kill and eat it or two um it it turned into right if it turned into like a horrific monster and then it was like surprise and i didn't know what was gonna happen i was like is this gonna be like a gentle loving friend that i i also was hoping for when (laughs) Haley was like a house guest and i was like ooh, Um, yeah yeah I also will say I I saw an ending while Haley was closing up the story where mm-hmm. once the water went dry I was like oh and then he just lays down there or then they just lay down there and die yeah. next to the the, the rabbit <laughs> and the I rabbit I guess not, eats not their body the tone that I wanted to go for so much I think that yeah. was a good choice I think you made a good choice we could have definitely gone it. the Monty Python uh, yeah. route yeah. with like the killer rabbit the rabbits yeah. It Absolutely. had just been such a little, like, gentle story so far in this apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, shout out to us making the apocalypse like a fun, gentle story. Yeah. It's such a harsh, of, um, like, world, but beautiful. Monty, Monty's yeah. whole bit with the, like, spark into the planet, yeah. like, oh, realizing so that there are still hands reaching out to each other. Absolute kudos. Hell yeah, it's dude. It's all about humanity, yeah. even though there's not humanity. Like, you gotta see. Really brought the soul. See that. Yeah, absolutely. That was a wonderful uh, narration. And you all did such a fan. I was like enthralled with everybody's. um, It was like a narration, but also introduced the thought process of Chip as well. Mm -hmm. And everybody like meticulously caught on to that and added their version of that as well. And that made me so happy because everybody just was in sync on 
bringing back like the callbacks of mm-hmm. house and home and having guests and whatnot. That's and what you get really when you. Cool. Yeah, that's what you get when you script these. This oh, a, this oh absolutely. Yeah, that's pre-written. what happens. It's meticulously written. We have a whole writer's room. <laughs> we sat down. We paid a guy. Um, yeah. This is our third draft. It's really <laughs> weird, though, because <laughs> like all he gave was like a memo that said, get good scrub. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and we turned that into a beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, um, Amelia has talked a little bit about anticipating like maybe the rabbit fucking murders this guy um did anybody anybody have any other expectations or like i always like to hear people's head cannons of while this is happening because i personally try to stop myself from gaming the game as i call it where i'm like oh man i bet you it's gonna go here because i'm wrong every single time maybe Mm -hmm. you're better at uh, foreseeing the future than i am but did you guys have any like head cannons or like were you thinking it was gonna go anywhere or were you just kind of going for the ride I definitely, like, when Amelia had, what what was it? I think it was Saf, actually. When Saf had finished up uh, their part, and I was like, okay, I think that the, like, Chip is going to find, like, a person, and that it's going to be, like, a post-apocalyptic love story, and it's going to be really cute, (laughs) and they're going to, like, hold hands or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, their first time seeing another person, so they're going to be like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Enemies to lovers. No, see, that was the thing, is I was like, it can't be another person, because I, we don't have the time to do a whole enemies to lovers mm-hmm. arc here. It's got to be a little fella. Just a little <laughs> guy. Just a little guy. Just a little yeah. guy. I want a whole story about this bunny. This not bunny. How did yeah, you? It's very bunny? much not a bunny. Yeah, this, I was very much thinking like the creatures from the Kim Possible's like weird lagoon episode mm. where like they go in one way and come out the other. I don't know yeah. why, but that's what I was. thinking. I think that's the right energy. Absolutely, it was still adorable. It had um, comically large ears in my head. <laughs> Good. It was too big, like dragging on the ground behind. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like kind of like Flopsy in Avatar mm. The Last Airbender. Oh good. Oh good, cool. good, good. Um, I gotta tell you guys my favorite part because this story was just delightful. Um, I was enthralled with Haley's interpretations of like uh home like house guests and home just having a home and that whole narration portion was so great. I was it was great. It was wonderful. Thank but, you. Yeah, it's classic absolutely. Haley. <laughs> classic Haley. I was like, yeah, this is a Haley story. I love it. It really has done a whole D and D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <they> know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and I love every moment of it. Wonderful, wonderful. They just all have to be friends and little guys all living together on the planet, or what's the point? Correct. Literally, what's the point? This is the power of humanity, okay? Yes. If you're not just a little guy, what are you doing? <laughs> Literally, what are you doing? Truly. Amazing. Um, did anybody have any like parts that stuck out to them or anything that they were just like um, dazzled by? <laughs> I say dazzled. It's the apocalypse. Yeah, the way it started, Amelia came in yeah. so strong. Oh, yeah, I was Absolutely. staggered. Such beautiful imagery, which is Amelia's whole thing. It was just beautiful imagery, and just came in Got so strong trick. right off the bat. It's a good damn trick. <laughs> it is. Absolutely, it just set such a tone and a and a vibe and a mood right away. Yeah, beautiful I word pictures. I could see this world so vividly. I think that's sort of my overall arching takeaway was that 
everything was so beautifully described by mm. all of us. Like it was a gorgeous world, even though it was literally burning and on fire. <laughs> it was everything, all the colors, all the textures, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something I was super impressed with because we were talking about this a little, like in a very split second, but I have not really ever written or told an apocalyptic story at all. Um, that's just not something I've ever ventured into. So as with many of these, I jokingly say I black out and hope to God that I remembered the right <laughs> details and got the right ones in. And I'm like, well, that's the story we told. Um, but this world was, like Monty was saying, very believable. And like I felt very... Uh, drawn into the descriptions and everyone did a fantastic job of making this unlivable horrific world like somehow beautiful it was like wow this is actually quite nice if i could find some water like where's that to go yeah and i think and i think just to be a little like that's like the (laughs) that's really the heart of a good apocalyptic story is something Mm -hmm. because i think everyone really kept this same tone of sort of somber but hopeful Mm -hmm. that you know, really underscores like the core of humanity, even though it's like, maybe he's not human, maybe he was derived from humans or that sort of thing. There's kind of this ambiguity that makes it a bit more of a rich and a bit more believable story that implies a much larger world and all of these giant cataclysmic events that led to this, this little fella, this little person befriending a bunny mm-hmm. and getting at a well. And like, yeah. that's the story. They went on a yeah. walk. They found a buddy and they found mm-hmm. a well, but inside we still had all of this, um, like kind of rich introspection about what it means to be a house and a home. Also, internally to build a home by cinematic orchestra yes. is just playing in my head, and I was yes. like, okay, that's what we're doing. Rights. This is where we are. Yeah, <laughs> please it. copyright infringement. Just, just put it in the podcast. No, no one, nobody's gonna know. Yeah, know. yeah. Who's gonna? <laughs> how are they gonna know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. That was just something that I really liked. I think it says a lot about kind of how we sort of approach storytelling and how and like the core of what we believe to be humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there is something so beautiful about the human's journey and just kind of I am obsessed with the concept of humans who are traversing hardship Mm -hmm. always manage to somehow find a way to make life beautiful. And human beings are obsessed with it. And that is something I, as a person, have always found interesting. And that's kind of what I was thinking about bringing. And I loved when Amelia was like, oh, and a home is not in fact a place, but it's how you feel about something or how you make something feel. Mm -hmm. And it's so true because human beings from the dawn of time have always tried to find ways to make things more beautiful. It's just innately Mm -hmm. to me what humans do. And I think that like, you know, we were just talking about the inner monologue of internally struggling also outwardly struggling was just an incredible interpretation of human beings going through hardship but still making things beautiful and it was so fun it was like a fun way to do that then we met a little guy little guy just a little guy okay well uh i think that's the end of this episode thanks so much for listening to another episode of laurel traditions a podcast dedicated to keeping oral traditions alive while creating lore every single time thank you so much to amelia and monty and Haley. you all are fantastic please make sure that you check out the description on where you can find these folks uh they're lovely and also thanks to kes our audio wizard who edits every single episode and created our little jingle Thank you so much, and we'll see you next episode.